Hello, everyone, and welcome to Show Hoppers. Today, we'll be covering The Leftovers, Season 2, Episode 7, A Most Powerful Adversary. I'm Mr. Sal. I'm here with, I'm a teacher, and I'm here with one of my former students, Kurt. Hello, Kurt. Hi, everyone. I'm Kurt, the former student that he's just referred to as. Yeah. Of course, I've seen The Leftovers. I love The Leftovers, my favorite series. Kurt is watching it all for the first time. How does it feel to watch a series for the first time? <laughs> How does it feel? That's a, I mean, it depends on the series. Sometimes it, it can be a real drag. Let me uh, and talk to somebody who is uh, who has seen the series multiple times and is, is their favorite series. Um, also depends on the series. <laughs> also, like, I've, I've watched series with people. I've seen them before, and I'm just really not into it. But they're loving it every step of the way. Like, oh, this, this right here. Granted, I don't watch it with you, right? I watch it, and then I talk to you about it. I've never done this with someone where I watch one episode, talk about it with them, watch the next one, talk to them about it. So this is this is new to me, right? Um, you know, it's funny. I, I wonder how many people think that we sit in the same room, watch it together, and then we record the podcast. I never realized that. <laughs> we never we never really specify that. We watch it independently. Yeah. Well, yeah. There you go. Now you know. We we yeah. We don't watch them together. We watch them. It's true. Independently, then talk about it. But in terms of watching shows with people, I'm pretty. You see, I can watch just about any show with anyone. I feel like. Yeah. I've only ever given up on like a handful of stuff while I'm watching it. Someone just because if, if you're watching with someone, yeah. You know, usually you can just shoot the crap or whatever. Yeah, that's true. Gives you something to talk about. But Leftovers is pretty good. Pretty, pretty good, yes. Pretty okay. Well, considering that your average scores on The Leftovers have been higher than your average scores on Lost, I think. Uh, I think we're doing okay with The Leftovers. But the median score is not. Okay, I don't know that. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't I know. That's a lie, too, I think. I think probably the same or higher. Yeah. <laughs> I would think. All right, so let's make a prediction here about how you felt about this episode. So... My prediction is uh, now normally I would go through like a bunch of the previous episodes and see and say, well, I think you liked it more than this one and less than this one and so forth. But with this episode, I think, and I'm probably going to say the same thing about the next episode. This is probably either your least favorite of the series so far or your favorite of the series so far. (laughs) I you can't. You can't do that. Why? <laughs> that's such a that's such a polarizing statement. There's, either you liked it or you didn't. Is what you're telling me right now. And that is. I, I'm not, I'm going. I'm going to commit to one. Okay. But um. But I don't think there's much middle ground for you, and with this episode. So really? I, I'm eliminating seven, eight, and nine as options. I. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm thinking this is either a six or a ten. Wow, you've eliminated. <laughs> wow. And, and I am going to go because I, I I just can't be disappointed like I was last week with Lens. I I, I I'm just, I'm just going to say that you hated this episode and you gave it a six. Wow. You were spot on, Mister Sal. Except you're off in one category. I gave it a ten, not a six. <laughs> So, <laughs> I, this is my favorite episode yet of the entire series yes I, I i knew it would either be your favorite or your least favorite and i, I don't know where you thought this would be my least favorite though well, i i i we'll see 
I was I was thinking all week. I was like, this has to be his favorite. How could this not be his favorite? And I was like, but he hated Lens, so I can't suffer that disappointment again. I have to just assume that he hated this episode. Oh yeah, yeah. I did not like Lens anywhere compared to this episode. Lens has nothing on this episode. Uh, I mean, this episode is spectacular. <laughs> this is pretty clearly the best episode of all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I don't know what. How would you say Lens was your favorite up until now? Right, anyway, this is not the Lens episode. I don't want to. I'm not going to rehash that. This best episode. The, the the more we talked about Lens, I I think you're probably right. I probably overrated it. I don't. I, I still wouldn't change. It. I still think it's a ten. But I I think I probably overrated it relative to some of the other episodes. I think probably uh, Cairo is better than Lens, and I definitely think this one's better than Lens. Oh yeah. But this we didn't talk about this till now. Yeah. Great episode. This so, so much is phenomenal. It's so so much going on. Uh -huh. and, and, I, and I think you know normally we would just go through it sequentially, but I think I, I we have to we have to just address the elephant in the room right off the bat. I but before you do that, yeah. I I also want to know two things. Number one, please give us five stars and a review. Pre-rate us before you yeah. even watch it. Go back, change it afterwards. Hopefully you'll forget. But anyway, it's the more important part, part two. I know we talked about this off the podcast. Our worry for um, matter of geography. Yeah. You noted how it was much shorter compared to our other podcasts. And you're worried that we just summarized the podcast. Yes, I did. Because <laughs> we were just praising it the whole time. Yeah. I don't. Did we though? Do you think we did? No. I. I. I when I listened, I think there was sufficient analysis. Um, there may have been more just praise than most. <laughs> Episode. <laughs> just like oh wonderful i loved this part me as well anyway next part so we'll see if that happens here because we both love this episode and say it's the best so far which is we'll see anyway. there's oh, lots to talk about though i feel like there there is there is a plenty to talk about i but do you want to uh go f just jump right to the end for just to get your reaction because yeah sure so so when you when you're in that trailer and Kevin drinks that poison. So, uh, there's, a, there's a lot going on. So I, I want to say for Virgil, the whole time. So I know beforehand and we saw Virgil in other episodes, even last one. I, yep. I, I put the idea out. And obviously the show has it out there. What if he's just a hoax, right? He's just, yes. you know, just a hoax. And so throughout this episode, I liked putting that spin on it. Like just, what if he's a hoax, right? So when he offers him this poison right and he's like ah oh. and it's just it'll make you od just like heroin i'm like what if that is just heroin <laughs> like, what if that is just straight heroin you just put in some fluid form like i don't i don't know and then when he shows like the needle that he's gonna stab kevin with i'm like well, does he just have one needle yeah what, what if he messes up this is this is kevin <laughs> hold up here like this is going too far i did not expect it to go the way it did though and i was ah. Oh. Yeah, this episode ends with Kevin dead on the floor, or at least dying, I think, dying. dead on the floor. Um, Virgil having shot himself in the head after having released all the epinephrine onto the floor, so it's not going into Kevin, and Michael dragging Kevin out of the, out of the trailer. That's, that's how the episode ends. I love the way Mike enters the trailer. He's like, oh, not again, Virgil, and then he just drags Kevin out. Oh, man. Oh man! I mean, I, I was so shocked at the end of this episode. I, 
I'm not sure I've been as shocked. I, I don't think I've... This is such a shocking ending, honestly. Just in terms of... Like, even him taking the poison, and the way... Like, the way... He does a really good job on the acting, of I mean, like, the spasming and the foaming of the mouth. Like, wow. That yep. is... Wow, right? That is some real stuff. And then when Virgil dumped the... What, what's uh, the medicine? Epinephrine. Oh, I, I can't say that. The... the medicine. <laughs> <laughs> It's adrenaline. Adren- okay, when he dropped the adrenaline shot right onto the floor, I was like, okay, well, he's just, just letting him die. Maybe yeah. he's going to pray it away. I don't know, but okay, fine. But then he takes out a gun yeah. shoots himself off. <laughs> That's just unreal. I, I'm i trying to think of a bigger surprise. I can, one doesn't pop into my mind right now. The only The only thing that ever came close for me was Ned Stark in season one of Game of Thrones. Mm, now see for me for me i would say that's not the case just because i watched it much later and yeah. i heard a lot of things and I, I i didn't necessarily know what was gonna happen in ned stark but like i just, just had a feeling right maybe yeah. i just had a feeling okay. and yeah i can think of some other tv shows where it's like kind of a bit of a feeling i did not expect this though yeah i mean and especially you know this is this is season two and kevin is clearly the main character we're well into season two and there's a good chance he's just gone now. <laughs> because that's the big question. I don't know if he's actually gone or not. I'm so curious. Oh, one more thing. One more thing. Because I just loved this idea. Kevin starts getting a bit worried about taking this poison. Yep. And he, you know, he asks him, Virgil, hey, you know, you have you done this before, right? And Virgil's like, yes, yes. That pillar man, <laughs> success story. And in my head, I'm like. Why? Why ask in Virgil if he's like he just asked the pillar man now? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this Virgil's just like yeah he he did it. Trust me, don't ask him though because he's up in that pillar. He's the one guy in this town you can't easily talk to. I feel like about this. Well, but he, that came in this last scene. Kevin never left the trailer. When I know he... exactly. I was just in my head. I was like Virgil could just be making that up. He could have just never done this to anyone before. Kevin's the first sap to fall for Virgil's scheme. But okay, so, but let's say it's a scheme. Let's say it's he's he's faking the whole thing. What does he get out of this? He gets dead. Well, maybe maybe he's his own different kind of crazy. Like he's he's thinking some cult esque, um, okay. Charlie Manson. You know, I you know drink the Kool Aid and join me type of thing. Except instead of having a whole cult of people, it's just Kevin, and then he doesn't drink it. He shoots himself. But no. Okay. Is Charlie Manson the one that didn't drink the Kool-Aid? I don't think so. I think I'm mixing up cults, but... I, 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 no, cool, the Kool-Aid was the... Uh, I think that was the Waco, Texas cult. The Oh, what's the guy's name? I can't remember. Anyway. It's some not... cult. <laughs> some cult drank Kool-Aid. Yeah, that, that, that was uh, in Texas much more recently. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> in, the, in the 90s or 80s, I think. They all blend together for me. Yeah. It was before my time and after my time. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, I I just, I think this ending is one of the most shocking, probably the most shocking ending to an episode of television that I've ever seen. It's and, very shocking. Because it's not even a finale, right? No, no there are three episodes left this season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some series, I feel like some series treat their season, uh, not, not finale. What, what's it called? What, what's the show? Penultimate episode. There you go. 
that's where they get like their big shock in, and then like the finals. So you know, I expect a penultimate final. This is where your big shocks come. But the fourth till the end, yeah, I don't and know. one this big, like nah, did not see this coming whatsoever. Me neither. And I just wondered because again, I was watching this live, so I had a week to wait. I know I, I have a week to wait too. Not really. I'm gonna watch it after we finish recording right now. But... Nah, I know. I know you won't, but but you could. I, I I had to wait that week, and the whole week I was like, "What? What is going on? Is Kevin dead? Was that a real poison, or was it something that just like like fakes death mm-hmm. for a certain amount of time? Like, what is this? Is and, that a fake bullet? Like, is is there like a blood I, thing behind him? I mean, Virgil, really, <laughs> I think is pretty dead. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, Virgil is out of it. Yeah so but but kevin there was there was all this doubt it's like i i don't know what it could possibly be if if it's if he's if is he dead or is he not dead and michael just dragged him out of the trailer like where is he taking him and he and virgil is gone and he was supposed to be the one to help him there's no epinephrine left to revive him like what is going on here? I, mean, I was I was just like distraught for the entire week and you know I, I won't tell you what happens next week but it, it is uh it is definitely something that was difficult to wait for yeah I mean I, I have so many questions in the air you know that's the one way to get Nora back though even if he someone makes it through it ending up in the hospital because you OD'd on what might be heroin <laughs> Yeah, but that's that's the whole reason why he did it because he yeah he wanted her back, and then he got that confirmation from Nora. So he's like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this or die trying. And so I well, the fast way. And let's let's go back to the beginning and see how we got to this point where <laughs> is being dragged out frothy by Michael <laughs> to God knows where. All right, because in the beginning of the episode, Kevin wakes up, he's alone in bed. He's handcuffed to the bed. Uh-huh. Nora's not there, but Patty is. Patty is. In of the course. Chair. Yep. <laughs> and, and the first thing he hears when he wakes up is, going to be a hard day, bud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and we come to find out uh, Patty was very right about that. So we, again, are always going to be questioning is Patty real or is she not real? Uh, she she certainly called the shot on that one that it was going to be a hard day, but that could also be explained by Kevin assuming that Nora has left him and thinking this is going to be hard today. So we don't know, but it's not until Jill comes into the room that there's, we even find figure out that uh, what has, what exactly has happened because she has a note that Nora left and she's very upset. Jill is very upset. You know, what did you do? What did you do? And then she reads the note to him. It just says, it's very to the point, Mary and the baby are with me. Don't call That's it. <laughs> I mean, now, and, and we, I, you know, I have a tough time hearing that because Nora was so in it with Kevin at every turn, handcuffing herself to him so that he couldn't sleepwalk at night. You know, accepting the fact that he kidnapped Patty and buried the body after she killed herself, you know, and believing him that she killed herself, and all this stuff. She was there with him every step of the way, 
she tried to make sure that he didn't get in trouble uh, for the disappearance of the girls by making him look for his phone and so forth. So the fact that she's given up on him like this really was hard to swallow. But we have to remember what she just went through the night before with that interview with Erica and and all of the scabs being ripped off of the old wounds of her family departing. Uh, and so she was just not in a place to hear from Kevin that he was having visions of Patty Levin. And so that, I mean, it almost, even in the, at the end of Lens, it almost seemed like trivial for him to be talking about it. Like, dude, not right now, <laughs> but it wasn't, it was, it was the, it was the big thing. It's, it was really important for him to have that conversation with her, but she did not take it well. And... So at first in this episode, I thought, Okay, maybe Nora left because the lens effect. Maybe she now does buy it. But why is she taking Mary and the baby? Maybe she cares too much about Jill and Kevin. And she doesn't want them to disappear due to her. But she's willing to take the risk for Lily and Mary. I don't I don't know why she's left, right? Maybe, maybe she did leave because Kevin is talking to Patty and whatnot. And... I mean, we do come find out that, yeah, it is because she's talking, or because Kevin's talking to Patty, at least allegedly. And I will yeah. say this, Nora's gone down the totem pole again. Oh, yeah, I mean, this, I mean, I definitely lost a measure of respect for Nora when I heard this, but then the more I thought about it, I was like, you know, she, she's going through a lot right now, too. Nah, she is, but Kevin's my boy. I know, I understand that. So, down the totem pole. And no Matt this episode, this, this would have given this like an 11 if there was just a little oh. bit of Matt. <laughs> just like oh I like for when they showed Lori outside on the bridge if you could just see like a bat just a little in the background somewhere huh in if you could could be just Matt in the stockades in the background yeah whatever just in the stockades preaching or whatever have you just just a mat oh <laughs> uh, that would have been awesome that would have been but, but alas we don't get any Matt in this episode but Kevin, despite the warning from Nora, calls her anyhow, and Patty just twists the knife. I hope she calls back with her fingers crossed like the Oh, my God. You know, she's just, you know, hoping to give him some luck. Hope, hope she calls back. <laughs> you call it a knife, she calls it goodwill. Oh, man. But Jill does get him the cutters to cut the handcuffs free, but she takes off. She wants nothing to do. She doesn't want to have anything to do with this. She doesn't want to talk to him about it. She is super upset, and she goes to visit Michael at the church. Um, and she tells him about the sleepwalking, which he seems pretty surprised by this and very interested that Kevin sleepwalks. We don't know why. We just see that he's takes an interest when she talks about the sleepwalking and she tells him that he's talking to someone who's not there and that he does not respond nearly as large. I know. I was like, wow, Mike's taking this like a champ. Now we didn't know at the time that Mike already knew that Kevin was talking to somebody, but he did not know that he was sleepwalking. That changes a lot of his perception of Kevin, but, I do really like this scene. Jill is like on fire here. She's in a church and she's just dropping F-bomb after F-bomb. And she actually lets off a string of F-bombs because he asks her not to. (laughs) And 
and, and you know, she, she he's he Michael mentions that he talks to someone who's not there, so maybe Jill should you know, reevaluate her judgment on her father. But she says, "Oh, is that God? Uh, is he the one who's preventing us from who's uh, is he? What does she say? Is he the one who's who's telling you that we can fool around, but we can't uh, have sex? Something uh, like that, yeah." holy spirit he blames one of jesus yeah right <laughs> yeah but and she she starts yelling at god to to help her and michael really i mean he doesn't flinch away from any of this he just takes it on the chin like just like yep, yeah. yep. he does and, and he's he so calmly responds to her at the end that it's not god that's preventing us from having sex i don't want to because I don't know if I love you yet. And, and so calm as he says it. And he's, you know, he says, I think you're amazing. And I mean, really, I, I, I'm a little jealous of Michael because I don't think I could be this calm in this situation. I don't, I don't think most people can be. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, he, he really, he really like, however high Jill goes, he goes, uh, however elevated Jill gets, he just calms down further uh, and he lets her rant. And, and, and really, I think that's what Jill needed. I think she just needed to get it all out, vent it to somebody because she obviously can't talk to her father or Nora about this right now. And I think he, he does an admirable job of letting her vent and still letting her leave feeling that he cares about her. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jill, Jill did peace him out with like, uh, all righty then, <laughs> peace, and then just leaves. Yep, yes, she does. So, and it's, it, I really enjoy seeing Jill get something to do other than babysit. That is and true, just... yeah. I, I don't, I do like Mike quite a bit now. Mike, Mike, this definitely made uh, Mike, yeah. this episode made him a much more interesting character. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, for I'm sure. very intrigued at Mike's character now. Uh, yeah. okay anything else you want to say about the church scene no okay uh the next scene is kevin going to a locksmith to try to get <laughs> oh I, 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 the, uh, there's not much to say about the locksmith right he just kind of goes in sweats eyes oh these are cop grade cuffs i'm gonna need some badge some evidence yep just just cut them off man Oh, kids, shut the, you know, shut the F up. Well, so he's talking to Patty when he yeah, says... Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> the kid, kid, because that's where Patty is. I know, the way the kid flinches, like, oh. Oh, man. What do you do if you're just sitting there? Someone just... You know, you haven't even said a word. Nope. I want to is... know, though. Yeah. The man was trying to learn some sort of language. Yes. Noted. It was Australian. Really? <laughs> is that really it's supposed to be some sort of like okay <laughs> it's <is> english <laughs> is it egyptian I, I don't actually know what language it was i thought it was french but i but i'm not sure oh, i have no clue i think okay uh, maybe but, not maybe not not that important to be noted okay yeah i, I don't think so it, it is so funny though he's he's got the the flash card with the duck on it and patty's just getting the biggest kick out of it yeah. it's it's a duck. He, he he doesn't know what it is. It's a duck. But then we find out that he's learning another language, and so that then it makes sense why he can't identify what the duck is. Yeah. Uh, 
it is so painful to watch this scene. I mean, it, it, you think it painful? I think hysterical. Well, it was hysterical. Patty was hysterical. I I I felt pain for Kevin. He he just can't do anything right in this scene. He's he's really losing control of himself here. Yeah, there's, there's Patty. He does look like a shell of his former self. He's just so yeah. so on edge. Right, yeah. the littlest thing. Later, when his phone rings, when Nora actually calls him, yep. he's like startled by his own phone ringing. Oh yeah. Just, ah. One might ask, "Where is his mind?" Oh, I did notice that. To this episode, it's in here for no, sure. Oh, not too far away either. Oh, <laughs> actually, no, he's still Virgil, but Lori. <laughs> yeah. So, Kevin. They, they gets kicked out of the store and he finally asks patty what she wants and really like this truly i've been dying for him to ask this question of her for the entire season since we've known that she's attached to him what is it that you want like what can i possibly do that's going to get you away from me and 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 then patty rips off this hugely long like this huge like soliloquy about going to Cairo, Egypt, and there's a wishing cup there, and she ha- he has to find the wishing cup. It's in a museum. He's gonna have to take it, and he he's got to fill it up with his own uh, reproductive fluids, oh, and okay. then <laughs> and then and then drink it, and then she just starts laughing because she made up the whole thing, and. And she tells him that she has no idea why she's saddled with him. And I love that she phrases it that way because that's exactly the way he feels. Like he is saddled with her. Like she's this albatross holding him down. And she feels the same way about him. She is saddled with him. At at this point, I was wondering if Patty would have her own like Kevin-esque breakdown. Like Patty starts losing it too. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if she does later. I, I, she kind of does. I'm not quite sure. Uh, are you talking about in the in the in the woods? woods? Yeah, in the woods. Yeah, in the woods. Yeah. I. Oh my god, that scene is amazing. Right. Um, we'll talk about it when we get there. But yeah, but I never thought of it that way in terms of Patty is stuck to him too in the same. way. Yeah, I like the way they um put that point of view of. Oh, I never thought about Patty's perspective on this situation. <laughs> Well, I, I, you wouldn't if you're thinking of it as just Kevin's crazy. Well, Kevin is just crazy. That's, what, that's all this is. Okay, and you, you're you coming down on that side of it? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, I mean, I still, I and mean, we've talked about this before, I, I love that you can look at it either way. Like, it all, it makes sense that he's crazy. Everything can be explained, but everything can also be explained if she's actually there in a spiritual. Uh, on the... Oh. On the other side of it, though, probably at this point, I I think I was maybe leaning more that she's real, like, this isn't all in his mind. But when Lori comes in with the wombo combo, <laughs> her explanation, she sold me, right? Okay. Just just ripped me apart viciously. <laughs> I have no choice but to agree with her. And I love it because it's this constant back and forth because we get Lori, but we all, Lori in this episode who's clearly the person of science trying to explain it as Kevin having a psychotic break. 
but we also get Virgil in this episode. I, I, I was going to say, yes, we have two polarizing. The person of faith trying to explain it as something that's actually happening in a spiritual world. Oh. It's so good. It's so, so good. Yeah, Mike comes up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and overhears him talking to Patty, and, and begging her to go away, and Michael doesn't really say much. He just puts his bike in the back of the truck and gets in the front seat, <laughs> which is pretty gutsy. Yeah, pretty baller. Just hop right in. Yeah, and and he starts dropping some knowledge that he has on Kevin that he knows that her name is Patty. He knows that she dresses in white, and he knows all this because his grandfather told him. Okay, yeah. that that's a lot. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a lot. So it's cool. Is Virgil the real deal, or did Kevin already tell him? Right. Uh, I, 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 oh, and I was pretty curious because I have been waiting that ever since the matter of geography when Virgil first reached Virgil. I know at some point Kevin's going to go meet Virgil. Oh right? yeah, it's gonna happen. Yep. So I was, you know, I was like, oh, finally he's gonna meet Virgil. Little did I know, it's not the first time they've met. Apparently, <laughs> it's Chekhov's Virgil. <laughs> but but yeah it, it, the other thing that he drops here that we didn't i don't think we knew this before did we know that that virgil was mike's michael's grandfather no but we know that he's related in some way right. we um, told eric family. their family yeah but i yeah we did not know if he was grandfather right so at this point we know that virgil is either erica's father or john's father mm-hmm Okay. All right. But then that's news to us, at least more specific than we knew before. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. And Michael tells him, tells Kevin that Virgil can help. And he says, and this, this is where we kind of learned that Kevin's been there before. If you can't remember how to get there, I'll give you directions. Yeah. I was like, wait a second. Can't remember. Sleepy yeah. boy, Kevin. Kevin's only sleep. So at this point, I was like, in my mind, I'm like, he's only really sleepwalked here once, right? Yeah. He only got away once. Yep. So then, this is where my gears were grinding. I'm like, huh. You know, how did he end up in that river hole and all that water? God. Yes. Virgil. So, this, yeah, at this point, I was... I knew I, I was pretty confident that he win it that night, but nothing past that. That he wouldn't what? No, no, I, I said uh, I was pretty confident he went there that night. Oh, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and again, we, we have to remember, too, that it hasn't been that many days that they've actually been here. No, I love the difference between this and season one. Season one takes over, like, every episode for the most part. Yeah. Quite a bit of time span. Yep. This season, not even two weeks. Yeah, probably it's we're in the neighborhood of two weeks. You're probably right. So yeah, it's 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 pretty drastic in the way that it shifts that way, but they do go to Virgil's, and at Virgil's, uh, <laughs> Patty or he comes out of the of the uh, trailer, and Patty says to Kevin, "Now that looks like a fellow who's who's a solution to all our problems." I know, I love it. He's out in his bathrobe. He's got Christmas lights on the trailer. It's, you know, September at the latest, probably. You know, and it's it's hysterical. <laughs> if Christmas lights are always on, never have to put them on. It's true. 
I've, I've thought about that many times, believe me. Yeah, I know some some homes have them, like, built in or, like, already in year-round. Yeah. yeah. So Virgil goes up to talk to him, and he invites Kevin in. He says, but sh- but just you, she can't come. I know. <laughs> I'm like, what a, what a baller. <laughs> <laughs> if so, Patty is real, oof, sting to you, Patty. But this is, a, this is another example of if Patty's real then he has basically warded her off, right? It's it's like putting, you know, goat's blood on the doorway mm-hmm. or whatever to uh, ensure that the evil spirits don't get in, right? He, he has warded her off. It's like uh, a vampire needs permission to come into your house. Then he has not given Patty permission. He's, in fact, denied her access to his house. So... Patty isn't in the trailer that whole time in this next scene. Or you can look at it from Lori's perspective and say, well, Virgil kind of incepted the idea in your head that Patty wouldn't be allowed in here. So you didn't manifest Patty when you were in there. Exactly. I love it so much. The way I'm going to go down on this, just because I think it's more funny is not funny, just just because I think it's more interesting. Virgil's been a scam this whole time, and he's just telling Kevin, you know, he's just he's just a good con man, right? Because he spoke the other time when he was sleepwalking, so he knows about Patty, so he just did that just to say, like he had thought about this all day. Okay, okay, you know, next time I see Kevin, hit him with this line, and that'll get him. <laughs> yeah, you like the idea of Virgil being a con man, but I'm just not sure what he gets out of being a con man. In this. Oh, I'll well, see you next episode. We'll we'll see. I guess maybe we won't, but uh, I'll I'll. I'll hold down my verdict till next episode. Get a little more out of it. But, okay. Yeah. Sounds good. But I do like. I just love the idea that he's a con man. Like I like the idea that I just like the idea that it is all just real based and that they're just a bunch of loonies, kind of right. Not I shouldn't say just loonies, but I think Lori gives a good uh, analysis on like you know they're all mentally damaged from this uh, departure. Like Matt and his wife, and how she's pregnant. Oh wow! How how did that happen? You know. Oh no, she came back for the day. Yeah. Fine. Uh, Kevin and Patty, obviously. Virgil, right? <laughs> Virgil, yeah. the guy. Holy Wayne, back to when Holy Wayne was around. His, his um, was he real? Rip Wayne. Is is Tommy? Wow. Uh, is he real? Did he make up that whole story about Holy Wayne? Where is Tommy? As a matter of fact, as Lori would like to know. Good question. <laughs> inside Virgil's place his, his place is covered with light bulbs and he tells Patty or he tells Kevin that he felt Patty on him at the visitor center yeah. and they talk about the fact that Kevin did come there that second night that they were in Miracle and Virgil had no idea that he was asleep and they were talking just like they are now so not so mystical after all, Virgil. I will say this though, right? Yeah. It, it's like the idea of like I, it, I, you know, I'm trying to think of a good example for it. I, I can read minds, right? I can kind of tell the future, right? Okay, then, you know, predict this, and they do something. Kind of in the same way, um, John burnt down Isaac's home, right? Like, you know, what if Virgil can't control everything he can feel? Right. In terms of this, this is just literal sleeping. <laughs> Can Virgil tell if you're sleeping or not? Right. 
So, well, yeah, exactly. Interesting. It is. It is. Interesting, Virgil. And Virgil does explain that Patty is not inside of Kevin, but she's on Kevin. Yeah, I know. Now this is this is a really good illustration of Virgil's leaning toward the the person of faith side, right? Because the person of science would say that she's in you, she's in your head, right? Yes. But this person of faith says, no, she's not in you, she's on you. She is external to you. She has nothing to do with you. Yeah, if you want to get rid of her, let's say you got to go to her turf, the other Um, place. Yes. Right? (laughs) Yes. And the only way to get there, of course, is by dying. Obviously. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> when he said that I I oh I was dumbfounded. This is where I thought like is this where Virgil comes out as a crazy guy? Like you just have to die. Like look, come, come out. Look at all these other people that have died. They're all fine now. Okay. Maybe that's the solution, Virgil. Not a very good solution though. Right. <laughs> like right. I, I felt like he was telling Kevin, you're doomed. She's stuck with you forever. The only way to fix it, you have to die. He does go more in depth, obviously. With it, oh, but... he does, but but you're right. Like, it, it, it could is he just saying, yeah, just kill yourself and you'll be and everything will be fine. Like, that's that isn't in fact what he's saying, but that certainly could be taken that way at this point. It seems like Kevin took it that way. Yeah, because last time, he just that was all he needed to hear. He grabbed some rope and a cinder block and took off. Off to do battle. Oh, yes. Yes. And that's what Virgil says. You were itching to do battle. <laughs> I, uh, just... I, I love the way that phrase works throughout this episode, too. I, I love how Virgil, like, just the concept of this happening comes like, well, okay then. He grabs a cinder block, grabs a rope, storms off, and Virgil's like, tried my best to stop him. Told him no. <laughs> like, I, I told him don't do it. Man, oh well. <laughs> and it's specifically, he says that I told you that you needed a guide. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I told you you needed a guide. Uh, also, drowning is not the best way to do it because there's no exit strategy to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if, you're, if you have a cinder block holding you down at the bottom of a the lake, there's, there's no way out. You know. Yeah. Virgil's way gives him the adrenaline shot. Or... Yeah, he calls himself uh, a guide, but it's more of like a, I don't know, EMT. Like, uh. yeah. Well, okay, yes. So, by the way, I don't know if you're familiar. I think it's. I'm gonna have to look this up right now because I don't want to get it wrong. But I'm pretty sure it's Dante's Inferno. Have you ever? Do you have any? familiarity with that so that is a story about the seven rings of hell yes that's right okay yeah yeah did you look that up for this episode or no no i just know that okay if i'm not mistaken isn't hell cold in dante's inferno at some point at one ring maybe not i might be misremembering that but i remember dante's inferno i'm trying to remember what class is that from history is that from ela i know that anyway though yeah i've heard of dante's inferno (laughs) All right. Who wrote that? Uh, that was um. More famous wrote that. Uh, I'm not, not gonna look it up. That's killing me. Look that up because I'm looking something else up. 
Dante's Inferno here. So Virgil is a character in Dante's Inferno. Ah, the Divine Comedy. Someone. It's just a famous. Ah, okay. Anyway, go on now. <laughs> okay, so Virgil is a character in Dante's Inferno. Okay. Okay. And the, he is a character. He's the only character besides Dante to appear all the way through the Inferno. Okay, because he goes through the seven circles. Right, and he's generally taken by critics to represent human reason, which guides and protects the individual. So Virgil in Dante's Inferno is a spiritual guide through the underworld. Huh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> the yeah. name is Virgil. Do they, do they do any nods towards Dante's Inferno that I missed? Besides his name, Virgil? Uh, I don't, I, I don't know. I've not read the book. I, I probably should, but. Like, does, does he ever mention when someone asks him, what's your favorite book or play or anything? The Divine Comedy or Dante's Inferno? <laughs> does he? No, they usually, uh, if, I think later we're going to see that uh, Kevin's favorite book or Virgil's favorite book, I'm sorry, is uh, Watership Down. No, oh yeah, I was gonna say, are they, they going to hit us the same thing Matt did? What's your favorite? A book of Job. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just kidding. That was just a lost reference. Yeah. <laughs> but another another thing I need to read so that I can make more sense of these Damon Lindelof. If, if you if you have to read every book that's mentioned in a TV show, you'd be watching way less TV. Yeah, it's true. Your, so what? So is that is that our book recommendation for this episode? Dante's Inferno. Yeah, but it's actually the Divine Comedy, right? Divine, uh, that might be the play version. Oh, Dante's Inferno. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, Divine Comedy is yeah. the Divine Comedy. It is the Divine Comedy. Yeah, it's hard to for me to recommend it since I haven't read it myself. So. I'll I'll give it a swing. It, it seems pretty popular. It's written in the thirteen hundreds, been <laughs> over seven hundred years. People still talking about it. Yeah. So they did something right in it. Yeah, I, I'm sure. Yeah, I'll I'll give it. I'll I'll slap my name on that. Okay, so its recommendation is the Divine Comedy. The Divine Comedy, otherwise known as Dante's Inferno, people like to call it. Uh, I hear great things about it. Can I look up a review? <laughs> I could do that, but yeah. Nice. Anyway, on with the Virgil. That's a really interesting side of it, though. Oh yeah, yeah. The Vir- the, the character of Virgil is like a spirit guide to the underworld. Hmm. So, the earthquake is what saved his life, okay? Uh, Kevin's life. Yes. This is where Virgil tells him, either you've got someone looking out for you, or you've got yourself a most powerful adversary. Ah, they hit us with the title of the episode. Honestly, I love that. I'm okay with that, because it's not um, too bad. this, This, I think, because sometimes when they invoke the title of an episode in the, in a television show. I feel like they put the, they put the line in there and because of the title in order to wink that, Oh, Hey, guess what? This is the episode. In this case, I feel like the line was there and they said that would be a good title for the episode. I totally agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And that's why it's okay. Cause sometimes, yeah, I can't think of off the top of my head, but title of the episode and they're like, you know, that's the, we want to make this the title of the episode. Let's throw that in there. Yeah. Totally agree with you. This is fine in this case. Good. But be weary with doing this. 
Okay, anyone yeah. out there, TV executive, whatever you are, be weary with this power, much like the dreams, right? Yep. And if you know how to do it right, don't do it. Yeah, rule number two, I forgot what rule number two was. We, we invoked well, it recently. Yeah, we, well, rule number one is don't talk about your dreams. Rule number two, can't remember, but uh, who cares about rule number two right now? Rule number one, don't talk about your dreams. There's an asterisk there, right? Unless you know how to, and that's a very, very careful thing to do. Yep. And in this case, uh, same thing with this. Be very weary the way you title your episodes. Yes. And, and same with your episode naming. If they, like I said, if they ever say, we're just the leftovers, I'm immediately going to stop watching it. They're not going to say that, don't worry. Good, okay. <laughs> I, will, I will immediately give up. I think, I think the- we're lost. That's not actually as bad, because no. lost is like, well, <laughs> it's a little, yeah, never mind. It's not too bad. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I th- one of the rules that you came up with uh, was had something to do with infants on airplanes. Oh, maybe that's rule too. I, I that should definitely be a rule, but that can be like a lower sub rule, like sixty four, section A. Like that's a that's a that's a, that, that yeah. But that's an important thing as well. Yeah, if you have if you have a small infant that is not cognizant enough and will just cry to cry. It should, should not be on a plane. Yes. <laughs> this so, is the, the only reason I do this podcast is to hope to spread my like ethos and my mindset across as many people as possible in hopes that the world will not not maybe not be a better place, but a better place for me. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. I'm not gonna say it's gonna be a better place per se, but for me it will be. <laughs> if if everything if all my rules are followed be a very i'd be much happier camper <laughs> so what would you rather have someone do never talk about their dreams again or give us a five rating i mean are they talking to me about their dreams this is so- like uh yeah, yeah no i'll take the five rating yeah <laughs> unless i unless i talk to the person all the time yeah yeah almost every conversation i talk with them they're like ah oh, Dude, I had a dream with you just last night. Let me tell. I'm like, no. No. I I'm so. Uh, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very I'm very critical. If someone tries to tell me about their dreams, I look them know straight up. At least if they're like a friend of mine or someone that I know. If it's someone I don't know, very typical. They don't talk about their dreams, so not a real big issue. But I'm very strict on. You better you better not flop this. I'm going to roast you if this is terrible. <laughs> Exactly. Well, at any rate, Virgil <laughs> discloses to Kevin that he had his own adversary once. His own, his own adversary who made him do terrible things. And for these things, he was shot. And he lists all the places that he I, was shot. I, I just want to quickly say, um, I was just rewinding it back when he talked about the earthquake. Virgil said the earthquake opened the ground, letting the water out. Yes. Which is a theory I never even thought of, of like, oh yeah, you know? I, I don't really know earthquakes that well. But does that happen? I mean, it is like plate tectonics like vibrating. Right. And you're like, I, I could buy that. Yeah, you could like. I could definitely buy that. So I'm like, oh, okay. Makes sense. Anyway, continue. <laughs> That's right. a good reason to how the water disappeared in a yeah, non mystical way. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. But, I mean, there have been earthquakes in Miracle before, and that lake has never drained so I, I think that virgil's implication here is not that 
the water disappearing was divine, but that the earthquake that caused, caused yeah, oh yeah, I, I, yeah. intervention, yeah. So, at any rate, he he lists all the places that he got shot as a result, and we know who shot him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was John. I don't know. It was more than one shot, though. It was lots of shots, including in that foul machinery below the waist, which cra- transgressed the laws of man. So when he said that, I, I didn't know. I didn't. I was guessing if he was either a pedophile or a rapist, right? Because that's that's the go-to get. I mean, I guess the one is like a subsection of the other, but yeah, uh, yeah, that's where I went to, and I think they they later um affirm that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah so he did something sexual with somebody that upset john enough to shoot him all these times so i want i want to go back to the last episode lens mm-hmm. and i'm trying i gotta remember erica's conversation with mike regarding virgil yeah did erica ever say anything along the lines of like you've got special reason i'm surprised that you forgive him or you still talk to him no she, she okay didn't. okay because yeah. i was wondering i'm wondering if it was michael okay that's all I feel like it has to be someone close to uh, John. No, yeah, for I him think to have such a reaction, whether it's Erica or Michael. It right. Was. It it seems like it. It doesn't seem like it would be Erica because er- I don't think Erica would have gone to the trailer to confront him about the pie if it was her. Oh yeah, or not Erica. I mean, I meant uh, Evie, not Erica. Oh, Evie, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I meant Evie. Yeah, that could be. Been a while since I've seen her. Yeah. Yes, yes. Not been a while since you've seen Erica, though. No, not certainly not. <laughs> Bird anyway. killer, anyway. And Virgil, anyway, says that he went over to whatever that means—the underworld, the afterlife, the spirit realm, whatever, whatever it is. He went over and did battle with his adversary, and won, and was reborn. So. This is what he's suggesting to Kevin. Die, go over to the other side, do battle with Patty, and then come back reborn without Patty. Uh, I know Kevin eventually storms out, but I'm surprised he didn't storm out yet. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I guess he was connecting the dots, and he did connect the dots. Yep. From, uh, John being the one that tried to murder Virgil. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, he does say here, he said, he says, I hurt him. Oh, oh Kevin makes the connection. Yeah. Right. That, you know, Michael says that you're his grandfather. So you're John's father. And he's the one who shot you. And he says, I hurt him a long time ago. And then he hurt me back. Freeing and, me. Yeah. And he freed me. Yep. So. My working theory here is Is this that, all we ever get? Uh I'm not well there's I'm okay the, with it if, if it is. I'm just I curious. Think, I think there's more later, isn't there? No, no, I guess this is all we ever get. Um but I and I think it's I, I think I'm pretty solid on this theory that I, I, that this is John's father. Oh my god, I didn't just realize yeah, because a long time ago yeah. and then he hurt me back. So he did something to John when he was yes. younger, and John's like, "Oh, yes." Hmm. 
that's the assumption I've always had about this relationship is that he is John's father. He sexually abused John as a child. And John, John, something clicked finally me. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I, I yeah. I like I I don't I don't I don't mean I like that as in it's a good no, thing, but I'm, I like that theory. I like that theory. Yeah, I, th- I I think I'm right in that, but we'll keep an eye out and see if we can find any more confirmation for that. But I'm I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Virgil says that he wants to free Kevin by killing him, but only temporarily. Only temporarily. <laughs> that's that's a good insult to tell someone. I want to kill you, but just temporarily. Yeah. Like that's not, is that really a threat? Is that a threat? If someone tells you, I want to I'm going to kill you temporarily. Is that, is that a th- how much of a threat is that? I don't know. I don't know. It really, it really lessens the blow of "I'm going to kill you." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, you'll come back. Hmm. But you won't be hurt. Yeah, yeah. Kevin doesn't seem very receptive to this, though, because <laughs> because he takes off at that point. At least he drops, you know, he returns the bike before he dro- dro- storms <laughs> off and drives off. Like I think I would forget to do that. <laughs> Good continuity out. by the writers, right there. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. He pulls it out of the truck and just basically launches it at Mike. Yeah, just like rolls it all over. Yep, yep. But so, uh, and he takes off and he goes into the woods to confront Patty, right? And he, you know, he's just yelling, "Patty, Levin, Patty, Levin, get out here!" And he's yelling at her for leaving out the Virgil, Virgil's, the Virgil visit from her story because she told him apparently what what seemed like everything that happened that night yeah what's that called a white no it's not a white lie Lie of omission live omission yeah it's a clever cleverer there's a a more clever name for that but yeah live omission it's a fancy way of putting it yeah i mean that's that's what it is she left it out and kevin wants is, is not happy about that and he basically says calls her out on it you left it out because he knows how to get rid of you and she physically slaps him i know and but this... it's all in his head he slapped himself or you know he's... okay now yeah. if they had a red mark on his face oof <laughs> did they did they not notice that no i didn't notice it if they did if they had a red mark on his face then it's just out. Like, i know he still could have slapped himself there's, you're, you're, I know you're not going to understand this, and I'll be, maybe someone listening to this podcast will, but this brings back memories from my childhood, when I was like probably like 10, Call of Duty Black Ops campaign. <laughs> All I'm going to say, I mean, I'm not too worried about spoiling it, because this is 10 years ago now. They're doing a recreation, I think, now, kind of a re-innovation of it. But, there's a main character named Mason. Okay. okay? He plays Mason for the most part. Sometimes he plays other characters. But all you need to know is, uh, he kind of goes to the Soviet jail. It takes place during the Cold War. He's like in the Soviet gulag, and then he gets out and he does all this other stuff. And along, he just always sees him throughout his different missions, kind of throughout the years when he works for the U.S. government. A guy by the name of Victor Reznov, right? He okay. sees him, and Victor like comes to him. He's like, "Oh, don't worry, Mason. Right, we can do this." And he like helps Mason in different ways. And it's eventually revealed at the end that like Reznov was never real. Mm-hmm. And, like, Mason did all the stuff that he saw Reznov doing. Like, at some point, Reznov shot a guy. No, Mason shot the guy. Like, it's like all this other stuff, blah, 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 blah. And out as a kid, I was like, wow. 
Real, yeah. real mind blowing right there. And I'll, the only reason I bring that up here is that's, this is the vibes I get from this when I look at Patty and Kevin. Is yeah, you know, is Patty real? Now I know you said we're never gonna know if Patty's real or not. But I mean, I I have a theory, but I mean, I I always tend to believe that she is real, and I uh, and I've I've said before. I like looking for the scientific evidence that she's that it's all in his head. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. It's more satisfying for me if I believe that she's real. Oh yeah, I agree with you. I, and I think it's more satisfying for me if I think she's not real. Okay, that's awesome. I, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that that's, and that's why I believe that. Yeah, just because I think it's more satisfying. I definitely I, there's 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 not like you can definitely swing that she's not real. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, 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 from when Lori comes up, then she rips apart everything. <laughs> it's true i think it's interesting that you uh used call of duty as the <laughs> example here why uh, well, because <laughs> we we do have a series in common that did exactly that same exact scenario and that's uh dexter season six well, i'm trying to think back to what seasons. oh yeah you're right yeah 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 well, that one's not as good Oh, that, one's, that one's crappy. I didn't, you said that. I didn't even warn anybody that I was going to spoil Dexter Season 6 because you just shouldn't watch Dexter Season 6. Yeah, I, we don't really spoil much. You don't... You, yeah. Just... It's not, it's not the same. It, well, it is... It, yeah, it's the, same, it's the same type of thing, yes. but horribly done. <laughs> yes, exactly. But yeah, it's, it's that same degree of... I mean... I, I, I don't want to call it a cliche or a trope because I can't really think of many other examples in TV where I've seen this. But it's definitely done before where it's like, oh, are they real? Are they fake? They've been in your head all the time. But I feel like most of the time they reveal, oh, it's been a fool all along. They haven't been real. That's how they always do the trope, right? Mm-hmm. This is a bit of a different one, though. They're in your head or they're a trope. Let's think back to Dexter. Dexter sees his father throughout the entire series. And we all know he's not real. He died. It's flat out said, right? He's died. But he just talks to him. And if Patty was like that, Okay, it's fine. We know she's dead, and we saw her die. We know she's dead, but they always just they they interject that maybe she's real. Yep. I just ah, yeah. So good. And for those of you listening who are throwing your hands up in disbelief that I that we haven't mentioned the most obvious example of this, I don't want to spoil it for Kurt in case he ever does see it because I I don't I'm not sure if he has or not. I don't want to say anything, but also I'll just say also Project Mayhem, so that you know that I do know that there's a better example than anything we've given here. Really? Oh, I, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That's not even the series name, I'm assuming, right? You just... No, that's a, just a reference from within. <laughs> like, you'd have to watch. watch. <laughs> so. Uh, I do I do love this concept, so I would love that recommendation, but now but now you now you put yourself in a weird predicament where if you give me the recommendation for it. Well, uh, well I'm not I, I'm not recommend well I, I can't recommend it to you because I don't want to spoil anything. But I I'm just letting all the listeners know that I know there's a better example than of this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Good yeah. on you. Uh, <laughs> anyway. So um but anyway, Patty slaps him. And and just starts yelling at him that he gave you a solution, and you ran. Mm-hmm. And she says, "You think I'm so scared to do battle with you? 
I am so desperate to do battle. And she's got tears in her eyes as she says this. We have never seen this level of emotion from Patty, at, at least spirit Patty. We may have Definitely. seen it from her as, you know, an actual living corporeal. Yeah, real, real Patty, but. Right. But since she's been attached to Kevin, we've never seen this from her. And she says she's so desperate to do battle. She says, <laughs> let's go die. <laughs> Kevin's Kevin's always been on the back foot, right? Patty's always had power over him, it's felt like. And then this is finally the episode where Kevin is not the one on the back foot. Yep. Especially near the end of it. But like this is this is the shift of the pedal, right? Like yeah. Patty's easing off and Kevin is starting to slam down more and more against Patty. And I really I like the shift of Yeah. Patty's torturing Kevin. No wait, you're in my hell now. <laughs> like Yeah. Exactly. It, it, it is. It's wonderful. And he said, after she says, let's go die, he uses the same excuse he always uses. I'm a father. I have responsibilities. And Patty just drops the hammer, says maybe Jill would be better off. Yeah, well, you know, that's just Patty being Patty. Just, you know, it, it she's, just, she's just, she's just um, antagonizing him. Okay, but if you think of her as a manifestation that he's creating in his own head, then some part of him thinks that Jill would be better off without him. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. It was just a thought, though. What do thoughts matter? I, I mean, there's a part of him that... Quite a bit. And that's, that's like... That's pretty, that is a pretty bad thought. <laughs> My daughter might be better off without me. Yeah. Well, technically, if I, if, if I relate this to you and your children... Now that thought, you've just thought of that thought in your head. Gotcha. Checkmate. <laughs> anyway, Mr. Sal. Also, depending on how much life insurance he has, maybe she would be better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't think of it that way. That is... We, uh, we always look at the financial aspect of the leftovers. That's true. We've got to really look at the financial... Like the housing market crisis here? Yeah. This is still a big, you know... I worry yeah. about this. But I hope mo- this better be addressed at some point in season three or two. <laughs> but most um, most life insurance policies won't pay out for suicide. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. So. Is it kind of suicide though? If like a possible crazed con man got you to drink poison under the effects that you wouldn't die though, you would just temporarily die, but you'd be back alive. Is that really suicide then? I mean, the the only people who could prove that are now <laughs> dead. I don't know. Well, Mike was just waiting outside the trailer, right? Uh, he might be a nosy kid. Nosy kid. Uh, and we, we'll, I'll, I'll have more to say about Michael uh, when we get to the end of the episode. But you might be right about that. We'll see. Yeah. But I, I, I sense this will not be the the big talking point of the next episode of. <laughs> the next episode is Nora Jill. Lori, and I guess Mary, but I don't want to say she doesn't do much, but uh, you know, the, these three girls trying to get the life insurance policy from the company to start giving out. They're like, oh, well, we think it's a suicide. No, no, no. That'll be a real, that'll be a real drastic turn in the series. If you ask. Yeah, I, I don't think we're going to get the courtroom drama. But a welcome drama, nonetheless. Yeah. It would be. But this whole conversation with Patty ends, and it's a it's a riveting conversation. 
the whole thing ends with Kevin getting a phone call that Lori is at the visitor center, which is pretty shocking. Yeah, the, just the bait to oh, a person's here claiming to be your wife. Like, oh wow, they real they real stuffed it up fast. I mean, fair enough. Maybe she just wants to get back in. That's yeah. Lori. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it's crazy that Lori comes here. I mean, really, it's it's. Yeah, and I know it's going to be about Tommy, right? Oh, yeah. But can you imagine being Kevin in this situation, getting this call that Lori is here and wants to see him? Wait, he hasn't literally spoken to Lori other than her screaming Jill in, like, over a year. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a long time since Yeah, Kevin has heard Lori. I mean, as far as we know, he hasn't told Lori where they are even yeah you're right how does she know i'm here yeah it's it's, this this has to completely shock him but she is there and she's looking for tommy and she tells kevin that she called nora kevin had no idea i love this scene so much and then they sneak in and i don't know when they started sneaking it in i didn't notice that while they were talking where is my mind steve Ah, so good. I'm, 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 I'm hoping that you are glad that you learned that song. I'm glad, yeah. It's not a terrible song. No, but it, it's. I mean, I, lo- I love the song anyway. But I love that I can identify it so quickly when they use it because this is what the third time in seven episodes that they've used it. I think so. Yeah. Third, fourth, definitely at least third. Okay, three. I'm pretty sure three. Um and. There will be at least one more. It is very satisfying though when I'm like, oh, it's where I I I know this song. <laughs> this is the this is like a a common thread. Sometimes they they bring out like the series music, like they do a, at the hotel room with Lori and stuff. Yep. Which is fine, but there's something about this song, you know, where is my mind? Yep. Ah. Well, it's so relevant to everything that Kevin's going through in this season. So much. I. I love what they've done this season in terms of the series in general. Season one, they hint is Kevin losing his mind. Yeah. And I clearly do not think he is. Right? Yeah. I'm, I'm very confident throughout the entire series. He's pretty good. Then they bring in, okay, or season. He's pretty good. Then they bring up he's sleepwalking. Okay, bit weird. Yep. I'll give you that. But, yeah, it, everyone sleepwalks time to time, I'm sure. Not really, that's just a random assertion I've made, but whatever. <laughs> that's not super crazy. Fine, he sleeps walks. Big whoop. But this season, right? They went over. Now, now he's got Patty talking to him, which this has just caused a whole slew of things changes in him. Like he's not, he's not the same person. Yeah. He, he's definitely not. Like this is a this is a far cry from season one, Kevin. Yeah, absolutely. He's and not... he is he is losing his mind. Yes, he, he he lacks confidence. He uh, can't. He can't focus on anything, and except for Patty, it's deteriorating all the relationships around him. He's he's in a bad way right here. But uh, back to Lori. Yeah. Tommy Finder. Tommy Hunter. Lori Lori Garvey. Tommy Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> Where is he? Where is Tommy? I'm I'm also super curious. Obviously. Where's Tommy? Why'd he leave Lori? What's going on here? Did he leave on purpose? Is he captured? What? 
Oh, so many things. Yeah, and we have no idea. We have no answers yet. Uh, I'm still waiting on that. Between those three exclusive characters, Dean, the twins, Amy. Uh-huh. I'm I'm excited for Dean. <laughs> okay, you keep waiting. <laughs> because they're not in this episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Lori, I mean, drops a couple of bits of information here that Kevin is really taken aback by. First of all, the fact that she called Nora. But second of all, the fact that Tommy and Jill are in touch. Yeah, that too. Mm-hmm. Kevin had no idea. And the Lori, uh, well, when Lori tells him that Tommy is not returning her phone calls, she can't find him. Kevin yells at her exactly the same way that Jill yelled at him earlier in this very episode. What did you do? What did you do? This is this is two people. He's in a pod who want to who want to bl- find somebody to blame for their losses. I I love it when she's just, she's walking away and Kevin's just looking like a madman, yelling at her. The, the song's playing though. Yep. Yes. This is a great scene. Yeah, and she apologizes for coming. She takes it. She just starts walking away, and he yells at her uh, for her not to leave. He he wants mm-hmm. to stay, and, she, and mm-hmm. she just is leaving. So don't you hate that when people just walk away from arguments? It's almost like they don't care. Hmm. What's what's supposed to be funny about that? That's just like, do you agree with that philosophy? I I do. Oh. Very much do. I think was it the Lost podcast we talked about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay. There you go, people. If you care about someone, yes, you walk away from them in an argument. It means you don't care. It could be perceived that way. <laughs> I nope. I'll make the assertion. It means you don't care. <laughs> um, As per Mister Sal, that, that's his philosophy. Yeah, so that's that's one of the rules that I'm contributing to the show hoppers rule. No, no, no. We've got to agree on the rules at least. Man, okay, all right, fine. I I I I guess so. I I, guess. I, I don't I don't I don't feel strongly enough on that. I agree, kind of, but mm, not enough. That's not a rule. Okay. <laughs> Kevin drives past the fire station, and I love this scene because, I mean, Patty sums it up goes to get free and he ends up getting caught this is <laughs> crazy no i want to take that back it's a rule now you're right don't walk away from an argument don't walk away from an argument just needs the asterisk as do all the rules i think unless you know how to use it oh, i think but i think most of the rules you could only break these rules if if you just know how to break it properly <laughs> okay i will give that caveat for every rule Oh man! Him telling dreams, babies on planes. If, if you know your baby ain't good, I, that one's like a bit of a hard one. But if you if you're confident enough, I won't notice. Sorry, but the, the fire department. I, so yeah. many great scenes. I, I don't want to just keep giving this episode praise, but I, well, but another straight banger here. Well, I mean, it, it, we. I think it's fine to praise the scenes as long as we you know talk about what's good about them and, and what's the deeper meaning here. So you know, he's he goes in the fire station. Because he he thinks that I think he I think the reason he goes into the fire station is because he thinks he's gonna have, ask John to help him cut the cuff off, mm-hmm. right? But 
he as soon as he gets close enough, he recognizes that they're taking palm pits. I know. <laughs> Like one eighties. Well, my wrong place. My bad. <laughs> yeah, he tries to get right out of there, but John sees him, kind of reels him in, and uh, does offer to cut off the cuff. You know, to, Kevin oh. lays up the idea that they were doing some weird sex stuff, like Patty told told him to do. I, uh, I love this like political game. John's always so like. If John's talking to you, he's doing more than just talking to you. Yeah. Like it's such a it's such politics with John. He reels him in. Ah, what are you doing? You didn't, you weren't coming here to do your palm, I presume, right? It comes like no, no, no. Oh well, yeah. Ah, your cuffs. Ah, oh, how very funny. You, other man, get get me get me cutters. Yeah. Well, you're here. Why don't you put yourselves on the innocent list, right? You're you're a good guy, right? Yeah. Another innocent man exonerated. Yeah, another. By the way, also I know this. I love this concept. John has such power over the town yeah. and whatnot. I mean, other yeah, there's other people involved in this more than his daughter was lost. But yeah. the idea that I think just he's the one that's jump started this idea, and he probably is. Of let's just get everyone's palm prints in this town, so we can just do process of elimination. Yes. Until like you know, we just have a small enough list, and then we'll just strong arm them to get their palm print, or we'll do whatever, and we will get just. And to be honest, listen, this is a bit Big Brother esque, but if you live in a pretty small town, like thousand people, I don't think this is like if if a crime of this seriousness occurred where someone's missing, but you have a palm print, there's only a town like a thousand people. I don't think it's outlandish to try to get a thousand people palm prints to find someone yeah no i, th- I think you're probably right now this this is closer to ten thousand. Which... Yeah, yeah obviously yeah this is this is a different circumstance but john's a more powerful man but yeah, yeah. i do uh i just love that idea oh, yeah. of, you know what i actually don't know who did this so i'll just go one by one by one <laughs> until i figure it out yes exactly i never would have thought of this in a thousand years such a genius idea john <laughs> give me props that's such a good idea i yeah. i love this idea so much yeah john john is just he's just playing a different game than everybody else he is on some kind of next level that people just can't even comprehend uh, everything he says and does is so purposeful and you know that you probably don't want to be part of it but he almost gives you no choice you say you don't like making deals with me but if like, you don't want to agree to a deal with me because you think I'm going to always come out on top. Like, yeah. I don't do a deal unless I think it's good for me. Right. But in the same ethos of that, like, if John wants to talk to me, that means I don't want to talk to John, right? Like, I never <laughs> I never want to talk to John when he's the one that wants to come and talk to me. Yes. John's got some sort of angle then. Like, what's John doing? What, what What's he prying for me? Oh. Yeah, exactly. Love him so much. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And so... Kevin does end up giving them the palm print. He doesn't really have much of a choice here. Uh, and we know that that's his palm print on the car. So he, he's got major problems here. I, I, yeah. Major problems. If he didn't drink that poison, he's probably going down anyway. <laughs> yeah, this is not looking great for him. So I don't know how good police forensics are. I, mean, I don't know how clear that palm print is on that car. Mm-hmm. But 
I mean, I'm just going to assume for the sake of the series. If they get his palm print and they don't pin it to him because, oh, it turns out the mud was, like, a bit moved around on the window or whatever, I'll be kind of upset, okay? I'm fine if they can't pin it to him for some other reason, but, uh, you know, that's all I'm saying here. Okay. I would have loved it. Well, you know when they asked for his name? What's your name? Right? He's like, Kevin Carvey. Yeah. If we just gave a fake name. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> this, uh, but John's right there. I know. I know. Oh, yeah, I know he can't. But... Yeah. Because I, I'm almost certain if John wasn't there, he would have. Oh, yeah. He would have done anything to get out of it. If they forced him to do it, he would have totally just lied. He tried oh. doing the wrong hand. Maybe it was accidental, obviously. but Yeah. It would have been like Dean. Or, or uh, what's Patty's husband name? Husband's name? Neil. Neil. Neil Levitt. <laughs> but <sighs> Neil Levin. Levin. Right. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, they're uh, they get back in the truck and Pat, or they're on their way back to the truck, I guess. And Patty tells Kevin that the only time she ever felt free was when she killed herself. Says it was finally over, which is, if she's real, that's BS because here she is. It's not over. Yeah, she said that's freedom. And again, if she's real, it wasn't freedom because here she is tethered to Kevin. Well, no, I'm I'm gonna disagree with that because if she she might there's a lot of ways you can mean free, and she might mean free in the sense of stresses in her mind and like. You know, whatever plagues her, maybe in this her spiritual existence, she has no worries. She's not worried about a thing because she has nothing to be worried about. There's nothing that really affects her that she feels, you know, compared to when she was living. She thought about the departure every day, as she said, it's part of the guilty remnant. So I can believe that. I, I guess it depends on what you mean by freed. But okay. I think uh, I, 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 buy, I, I completely buy it if she is spiritual, but. She feels this way, that her death made her feel free. Okay. I mean, she's certainly loosened up a lot. <laughs> That's true, yeah. She's definitely talking a lot more than she did before. Yeah, so, I, I guess, yeah, I, guess I, I can concede that point to you. I also want to note, John, when Kevin walked away from the fire station, right? He, you know, he has that friendly smile, which turns to a, a stare, a scowl or whatever. And I'm, oh, does John know? Like, oh, is he suspicious? I don't know. Maybe, yeah, thank God he drank that poison, Kevin, because judging by what, all I want to say is judging by what he did to Virgil, oh, what did he do to Kevin? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can't even imagine. I mean, I can. <laughs> I just, I just don't want to. Before he didn't try hard enough, I think he'd try a little harder this time. Yeah. Maybe he has more power this time, too. Like, now he's burning down houses. I, I feel like he can get away with murder, if I'm being quite honest with you. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I don't know what his state was beforehand, but now... Oh. So. Yeah. So, uh, the Jill, or, um, Kevin goes home, and Jill is waiting for him. And she, she really wants to know what he did. And, and she thinks, you know, maybe he has... He can, he can tell her now. But all he says is the same thing he told her when Lori brought over the divorce papers in season one. It's complicated. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's the same thing. 
She has a different reaction this time, though. She said, I'll bet it's not. So, normally, I would side with Kevin should just tell Jill. In this case, though, if you're Kevin and you told if you told Nora and she ran away. Yeah. It's like, well, my track record on this is not very well. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? Yep. But you're also, a, you know, you kind of need me to help support you. Hmm. How likely do I think you can run away and succeed without me? <laughs> is what Kevin's thought process should be here. Thought process should be here. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, I can understand him not wanting to tell Jill after telling Nora and being scorned this hard. Yeah, I, I, I totally get it. No, I mean, there is there's a bit of a difference here. This is his daughter. Uh, so I mean, they're they're flesh and blood, and she doesn't have anybody else. Like, so I, I, there is a little bit of a difference, but still, I think you're right. He just saw how well it went over with Nora, and the answer is not well at all. <laughs> so probably best to avoid it with Jill, so that, so as not to alienate her. Although he seems to be doing a pretty good job of alienating her by not telling her as well. It's a lose lose situation. It is. It is. So, like, zero sum game, that's something. What's it called if you it's a lose lose negative sum? Is that, uh, is, that, is that possible? I mean, it's possible, obviously, in this situation, I, I but. A negative sum game, but. It's got to be something like that. Someone out there must know. Yes, email us, showhopperspodcast at gmail.com. Oh, I would love to talk to some, like, game theory expert. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure they've got some interesting stuff to say. That would be fantastic. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. Uh, Jill tells Kevin that she believed him when he said that he loved Nora and he wanted to adopt Lily and they wanted he wanted them to be a family. And he responds with, that's all I want. And Jill gives him this challenge. So what are you going to do? And he doesn't know. And she, she practically begs him, please figure it out. So this is kind of prodding Kevin into the direction of where we know he's going to be at the end of the episode. He has to do something. So he now he's going to start grasping at straws, trying to figure out what it is that he can do. Mm-hmm. And his first straw that he grasps at is going to see his ex-wife. I'm not sure this is the best straw to grasp at when you're trying to reconcile with your new girlfriend to go visit your ex-wife. But she happens to be a therapist. So I say, yeah, she is a therapist. Like, not a terrible idea. Not, not a completely outlandish idea. No, there's sense here, but I also want to say when Jill Jill says something, something along the lines of "this is twice now," right? Yep. So I I do like the idea of third striking her out though. <laughs> Just then it's like that's fine. Just no, you got one more. <laughs> One more chance. Yeah. Oh, God, though. Just dad, let me tell you something. You screw things up with mom. You screw things up with Nora. If you screw things up with Amy, too. I... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I'm just kidding. But... Is that how Amy comes back? She's in third anyway. But... <laughs> no, I hope not, because I need Dean back. I'll be, I'll, I've already said it. I'll say it again, repeating right. Twins or Amy come back, I'll be very sad. Dean comes back, very pleased. Okay. So, he wants to talk to Lori, uh, which kind of shocks her, but he tells her everything. I know, yeah. They don't really show us that in-between part, but yeah, we see 
Lori asked about, oh, she wears white, so on and so forth. So, yeah, which again, it, it is amazing how open these people are with the truth sometimes. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. If you're going to tell someone about being a guilty remnant killer, I feel like Lori, especially the Lori now, does not care very much. Lori's, in fact, she probably support it. She, she's a guilty remnant killer, or at least hit her with her car. <laughs> so hit, like, her, ah. hit her with the car. <laughs> hit her with the car. I, yeah. That, that hit her. Yeah, I hit, know. Hit her. <laughs> I see how that goes now. But uh, hits guilty remnant people with their car. If she went, ah, you only got one? Those are low numbers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> rookie numbers there, Kevin. Rookie numbers. Yeah. But she does tell him, or he does tell her everything. She's smoking again. <laughs> uh, both smoking again. Which, that's something, because the last time we saw Lori, she was, like, really, like, <laughs> chowing down on that Nicorette gum. She was. Did we see her smoking when she called Nora? I don't think so. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. And then you're right, then, yeah. She's relapsed. Stressful situation. Kevin smokes as well. Also stressful situation. Yeah. How common... So I... I... Do not smoke cigarettes. My big reveal. Um, Do not smoke cigarettes? I have not. I have not smoked cigarettes. Same here. And a lot lot of people my age... Smoking cigarettes for young people around my age isn't really that common. In fact, I don't know anyone that really smokes. I don't know anyone. I smoke cigarettes my age actually there i don't know anyone i think yeah. i know some people that chew tobacco or something but smoking cigarettes not only that popular anymore among the youth i know there's like vapes and whatnot but you probably know people that smoke cigarettes or at least growing up right yeah so i've always had this philosophy with where cigarettes are concerned like i totally understand seeing older people smoking cigarettes mm-hmm. Because, you know, there was a time when it was just, it was considered cool for a while it was promoted as healthy, like addicted and you can't stop. I get that. Everyone's doing it. When I see people under the age of 40 smoking, I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like you, you had all. I just wanted to be, I just wanted to be noted. I just wanted to be noted. You're not in that threshold. You're like, 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 I, me, I'm allowed to smoke. You though, (laughs) you you don't have that moral allowance. You have to. But but seriously, like when I when I was in high school, like a lot of the cool kids smoked. Like it, it was just it, we knew it was unhealthy, but it was considered cool. It's not considered cool anymore. It's considered gross. Yeah. And we know about the health risks. So the, I just don't see any reason why anybody would start smoking right now. I see. I understand why people can't quit smoking. I can't understand why people start smoking right now. Yeah, yeah, I I understand what you're saying. And I yeah, like I said, I don't know anyone around my age that smokes cigarettes. Right. When I was in college, I I knew like biology majors who were smokers. I was like, what the hell are you doing? Like you you teach for your well, some of them did end up teaching, but you study biology. You you know what this is doing to you, and nobody thinks it's cool. It's disgusting. So what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it's just you know, but. The reason I bring this up, though, is because since you know people that have smoked, you probably know people that have quit smoking. Yes or no? Uh, yeah, although I'm having a tr- tough time thinking of anybody off the top of my head. Oh, I'm okay. Sure, I'm sure I do. But... Okay, you're sure you do. Okay, I, well, I don't know well, anyone. Of to you. Yes. yes, of course I do. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> of course I do this. But, so, do people relapse under stressful situations? Like, is it really a, 
Is is it a? Cause I I see this as a trope, not not just here in the leftovers, mm-hmm. to come back to it, but like you know, in other forms of media, people they have quit. Oh, okay, give me a smoke. This is this is too rough, right? Is it a, is it look like two people use it as almost like a I don't say a crutch, but like a coping mechanism? Uh yeah yes yes, and in fact, um it's most common when people are trying to quit. Like that's and then stressors come up. You you haven't been you know years free of it i think you know there's probably a threshold i don't know where that threshold is where you wouldn't feel the need to go back to it but i think you know Lori's still chewing nicorette gum she's still yeah like she's still addicted to nicorette so i i think that it's reasonable to assume that she would relapse in this situation yes okay yeah so uh but anyway uh lori uh, she, we see she's smoking again. Uh, she also says that it makes sense that Patty isn't there right now because she asks Kevin, "Is she here right now?" Kevin says no, and and she says it makes sense that she wouldn't be there because Patty would want to stay as far away from her as possible because she could prove she doesn't exist. This this is the part where I was like, "Oh Lori, you got a pretty good point here." Yeah. Well, my my next thought was. The only way, though, you could... Like, it's only been two instances, really, though. You gotta have more instances. And Kevin gets the, like, breakthrough idea. Ha, oh, Mr. Sal. Earth-shattering yeah. to me. But go on. Wait, just, what is it? There's, of, Lori, just come with me. Stick around us. Kevin wants her to come home with him. Right, right. So that way, it's like, ward off Patty. Yeah. <laughs> or like, I love the idea, like, Kevin doesn't even believe what she's saying. Like, Kevin's like... Comes like, no, she's real. She's definitely real. And then she gives the point of, but she's not around when I'm around. You're a good ward. Yeah, how about, how about you stay around? You're the garlic to Patty the Vampire. <laughs> I don't believe what you're saying, but the results, I can't deny the results. I, but I, I, I have to question this logic a little bit, and maybe you can help me understand it. But uh, she says that if she... She wouldn't, she would, it makes sense that she isn't around because she wouldn't want to be around Lori because Lori could prove that she doesn't exist. But Lori is giving her like sentience, then, isn't she? By saying that Patty is choosing not to be around Lori. You're right. You're right in that. Yeah. Whereas if you think about it the other way, if she is just a manifestation of Kevin's mind, there's no reason why she wouldn't be there with Lori. I don't think. I'm trying to think why she would yeah, give a sentient. Like, hmm, she's a psychologist. So yeah. Immediately, I'm like, hmm, he knows more than me about this. Because but at the same time, why? To see it from Lori's perspective here, she's telling Kevin that Kevin wouldn't manifest her here because Kevin doesn't want Lori to disprove her existence. Yeah. But I would think Kevin does want Lori. To disprove her existence. But if he actually believes that Patty's real, then would his mind like not have her come out in front of Lori? Well no, you're right, yeah. Then she's real. Mm-hmm. Well then my conclusion oh. See, this and uh, this is this this kind of logic and reasoning that that I question uh, just leads me further down the path of Patty is real. I my my answer to this is the mind is a complex thing. Yep. 
and it works in mysterious ways. <laughs> and uh, Lori knows more than us, probably. I'll just okay. That, that's that. <laughs> so that way, I don't. But I, I will agree that is, huh. I want to take a minute to think about this from Patty's perspective, operating under the assumption that she is real. Okay, so operating, she's real. Because she's definitely she's not in the room with Lori. You're right. Why? But if she's real, why wouldn't she be there anyway? To just cause, like, why? Why is she not appearing in front of Lori? Yeah, that, and that's that's that is what leads me to believe that she may actually that Lori may actually be right. Oh, so you went the other way with that. Okay, I see how it is. Yeah. <laughs> but I but I love this because I can go around and rob of this and, and it and it makes it makes it just as much sense sense either way. You go frustrate a young child with this, you know that, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you go around the go around the table. Yep. But Lori does say, and this is this is a big hammer to drop on Kevin, uh, because one of the reasons why Kevin believes that. Patty's real is because of all the stuff that she told him about Neil and Kevin doesn't remember any of that stuff. He doesn't think that he knew any of that stuff, but Lori says, no, I told you about Neil and I told you all about the, um, like the, the, what I don't remember all the terms she used, but she labeled him, whatever his label was for liking women to poop on him. So, but she, she says that I told you about him. So here's, we've taken all that stuff that we saw in Orange Sticker and we've cast a shadow of doubt over it. I love it so much. (laughs) I was so, like, when you, when, when Patty brought up, oh, maybe, like, I I missed the whole Patty telling him, oh, at least my, it it just went over my head, the, the next level of thinking of, oh, yeah, maybe Lori did tell Kevin it. But now that we know Lori actually did, earth yeah. shattering. Lori just, she just dissects it. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, I don't know that she necessarily would have told him that level of detail, or maybe just extrapolated some of the detail. Who knows? Yeah. But. Yeah, because they, they don't peer review each other or anything here. Like, so, right. Kevin, share, share all your exact details? Mm-hmm, yeah. Well. But here's the thing. I love her tirade. I love Lori's tirade up here. Yeah. <laughs> That's my Lori. Where she, where she tells him that she would never tell someone in the midst of a psychotic break that they're having a psychotic break. That part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then goes, yeah, then goes on and just... Oh, goes, yeah. Like, just to the show part, in general. That part, though. I, I want to discredit Lori a little bit here. Okay. He says to him, "I would." You, He's my champion right now. Yeah, as a therapist, okay. I would never tell someone who's in the middle of a psychotic break that they're having a psychotic break. But that's exactly what she's doing to Kevin right here. Well, no, well, so, so we all look at the background reasoning behind this, uh-huh. right? As a therapist, I can't tell them that because then otherwise, I might fix their problem sooner. I'll get paid less. That might oh, be a thought process okay. behind it. I don't think that's the implication. I think the, <laughs> no, definitely not, but it could be. I think the implication is that it's dangerous to tell someone that they're in the middle of a psychotic break, but she's doing it to Kevin. Maybe, maybe one reason I might believe that is she's, it depends on the person, right? Whether you can tell them or not. 
and mm. she knows Kevin pretty well. I know they, you know, they don't know each other for the past few years now, but you know, she was married to the guy, <laughs> so yep. maybe she's confident, or she understands and is given situation like he has to get over this quickly. This is this is like the best solution for it. Or yeah, maybe maybe because Kevin's not paying her, this is like her stab back. Uh, you know, she doesn't care that much. I like, yeah. I, I'm I'm not sure, but I guess my question is, why don't you tell someone that they're in the middle of a psychotic break? I feel like that's because, and I think it depends on how receptive they are. If they're in the middle of a psychotic break, I've I've known people that have gone like, you know, for different reasons, into like a psychotic episode. Yep. And if you tell them they're I, I don't want to say, oh, well, I'm going to just use the word crazy, but if you tell them they're crazy or they're not acting like they normally do, yep. they just don't believe you. Okay. Right? They just, they just, they don't believe you. And I guess, and. So they, the, why does Lori think it's going to work any better here? Maybe if, it's because, well, because Kevin's asking for help, which is something like other people in psychotic episodes, they don't ask for help immediately. Yeah. Right, and so if you, if they're not asking for help, they're going on whatever, and you tell them you're having a psychotic episode, right? They'll be like, "No, I'm not. This is this is ridiculous. Like yeah. this is what well, so on and so forth." But Kevin's seeking help. He knows there's something wrong. Okay. So I think I think that might be the reason why. Yeah, I could buy that. To tell him. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, there you go. But yeah, you might be right. She's just being a bad therapist, or. Right. Yeah, I'm. I'm just trying to like throw some fuel on the fire that maybe Laurie is not the best therapist in the world. No, no, no. She's my champion right now. Oh, okay. Laurie's above Nora right now. Okay. That's fine. I can accept that. I mean, Laurie I... did go pretty far down the totem pole in this one episode, though. I, I will admit freely and openly that my affection for Nora might be a little um, over the top. <laughs> I, 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 I might be... I kind of know these are, are fact like statements at all. They're all mites or ifs. Like I might be overreacting with Nora, but I might not be either. I might be underreacting either. <laughs> I, I I might I might have a higher opinion of her than is justified. Might okay. <laughs> that I have a higher opinion than her than is justified. Okay, well. <laughs> well. Then I wouldn't have that opinion. Yeah. If I didn't think it was justified. I wouldn't have that opinion. Okay, fair enough. I do think it's justified, but I can, I can understand that why someone on the outside looking in might think. I, I mean, Nora's fine, but why does he love her so much? <laughs> yeah, maybe that's my viewpoint. Ask. Yeah, no, I, I don't question her as love for Nora. Just, mm-hmm. I don't know. She's just not the best character on the show. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. But- yeah, I- you can totally accept that. But anyway. Lori's tangent here, or tirade. Oh. Yes. Yes, she's, where she says, after the 14th, everyone was in an emotional distress and needed to feel better. And that left them susceptible to false belief. Right? And and then she tells him, she spills her deepest, darkest secret, that, that what she and Tommy were doing was selling this lie that he could hug the, the pain out of people. And that he hated doing it. But people's brains would rather, she says, people's brains would rather embrace magic than have to face feelings of fear and abandonment and guilt. Oh, that line. 
Oh. Beautiful. Oh. <laughs> She's just straight ripping like Holy Wayne. Nora with that hug before, I guess, kind of. Nope. So many things. She's just ripping down people. Maybe she's ripping down Tommy right now. I don't. I don't really know what Tommy's doing. Yeah. I like to think my my running uh prediction hypothesis. I don't know. Is uh power went to his head, pretending to be Holy Wayne, and he's going buck wild. Oh, perhaps we'll have to find out. Maybe I don't actually know, but probably. <laughs> If he just disappeared and Lori's like, oh, can't find him. Oh, well. I'll be, I'll be kind of dumbstruck, but okay. <laughs> yeah. But, I tried. <laughs> yeah, she did, I suppose. But no, I, I don't think, I don't think you're going to be disappointed there. So, where Lori is concerned. So, and then she, then she takes it one step further. In addition to trashing, you know, Holy Wayne and the Holy Hugs and, uh, the manifestation of Patty and all this stuff, because all they are is trying to distract you from the feels feelings of uh, fear and abandonment and guilt. She says everyone turned to whatever they could to turn those feelings off: fear, abandonment, guilt, and that's why she joined a cult. Yeah, <laughs> she just uh, huh. yeah, even like calling herself out. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and Patty too. I remember. Oh. That adds a whole. That gives her a lot of credit. It does, yeah. It gives her so much credence. It's not like she's part. She's experienced it herself firsthand. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but her suggestion to Kevin is medication and institutionalization. Yeah, so she's a, a hard pill to swallow. So hard that Kevin thinks of a new plan. <laughs> Why don't I take my psychiatrist home with me? That's Aha. a good idea. A take-home psychiatrist. <laughs> not just a take-home psychiatrist but a take-home ward <laughs> ward off the evil patties yeah my you are my garlic yeah oh my god yep but he, he says i need help so help and laurie seems very nervous about it uh it doesn't want to do it but she ends up at the house anyway mm-hmm. care uh, to sing jill very and rightfully so. I mean, the, the last time she saw Jill, oh, I, I, we don't really know, but Jill was, oh, yeah, we do. Jill was just being rescued from a fire by Kevin. Well, no, no. The last time it was like the diner. I suppose she saw her from the car. But, yeah, that's true, though. Like, there wasn't much interaction there. So, yeah, that's true. I love that Kevin apologizes for the puppy here. Yeah, that was, that was odd. I thought when he talked about the dog, I thought he was talking about, which by the way, this reminded me, they totally just did this to get rid of the dog, I feel like, for this season. The quarantine thing? Yeah. The two-month oh. quarantine. Yeah. Because uh, he said, sorry about the dog, I'm like, oh, his dog's back? And I was like, wait, no, it's not back. It, oh, it's quarantined still. Oh, it's so long. It's barely there. I thought he'd get his dog back. Maybe he still will during the season. I thought he'd get it back much sooner. If he was I going to. We are going to see the dog again. Okay. Nice. So, much like Vincent. I uh, watched Lost if you haven't, people. There's a dog in that too. Yes. And they're, they may or may not be as critical as they are in The Leftovers. <laughs> uh, who knows? 
But I love that he apologizes for the puppy here. He does. I think, and this is a real, like, humanizing thing, because I think everyone can relate to some degree of doing something to someone, Mm -hmm. and they just, you know, to you, you thought you did something wrong to them or something bad, and you feel bad about it. You just feel guilty about something. Oh, look, guilty. The running theme of the series. And yeah. they, to them, it's trivial. Like, they never, never affected you, or vice versa, right? Someone felt like they they wronged you in some way, maybe from long ago, whatever have you. And to you, it's trivial. Like, ah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I do too. It's, it's good stuff. But while, uh, shortly after they get home and they have this conversation about the puppy, Kevin finally gets a call from Nora. And he's, he's so excited about this you know he he, he runs up to, upstairs to, to have this conversation with her but she all she's calling to do is to tell him to stop calling uh and and Could have just texted him but yeah and he but he confronts her why did you leave me uh locked to the bed with no key why didn't you leave the key and she says i left a sign but that sign happened to be right where patty was sitting yeah i know Wonderful. So that, 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 that did bring Nora back up the totem pole. I was kind of like angered about the fact, okay, you left Kevin, fine. But really? No key? You're going to give him that much of a hassle? Like, come on. But what does that tell us about, about Patty? Does that make her seem more real or more manifestation of Kevin's mind, or doesn't it shift either way? Um... I mean, like, so playing the odds, right? So if if he if she's real, then this is definitely you know it makes sense. Okay, so she's hiding the fact from Kevin. She's hid stuff from him before, like Virgil's. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if it's part of his mind, did he like unconsciously recognize the key at some point? And so, mind just hid the key from him, or just by happen chance, Eddie's sitting on the chair. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think it was either way, as as it always does. Yeah, I, 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 if, if if I had to pick one in this case, I think I think this is maybe a a point for Team uh, Patty's real. Okay, but not right. enough of a point. Okay, no, I, I I tend to agree. I don't think it really comes down hard one way or another. So, hmm. but to, Kevin needs to know. He has to know that she would believe him if he told her Patty was gone. And he doesn't give her any information about it otherwise, but he just, he's got to know that she would believe him. She says that she would like to come back. If that were the case, she would believe him. And that's enough for Kevin. That's all he needs because he sees the life that he has right now. And it's awful. And it's worth the risk to him if Noro can confirm definitely I will come back and she does so he's he's off like a I don't know what leaves fast the roadrunner <laughs> okay he's off like the roadrunner back to Fergal's in the meantime Jill comes home and there's Lori of all people I know I mean no idea, no clue that this would ever happen. Jill walks in and sees her mother, and she's pissed off. 
but then neither one of them can happen about it. Oh, he'd right, rightfully so though, because the the way this in the way that Kevin last episode poorly worded Patty's yes, you know, seeing Patty. Oh, Nora has left under these mysterious circumstances that I cannot tell you, my daughter Jill. Yes, and then also here is my former ex-wife Lori, who's in our house right now as Nora is gone. Hmm. Okay. Well. Anyway. Yeah. Not. <laughs> Mind not, nothing. Not the best communication. Oh, but... definitely not. This is this is. I mean, if if I'm Jill, she's definitely connecting some wrong dots here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. You know, one of the things I'm not sure if you noticed this, but. Did you notice Lori noticing the baby toys, like the? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she looks at that. Looks at the photo then. Yeah, but the, we we have to remember that the reason that Lori was so had all those feelings that she talked about before, feelings of abandonment, fear, guilt, is because she watched the baby in her womb depart. Yeah, which I guess she didn't watch it. She looked and it was gone. That so. that is. I I forgot about that. To be honest, it's been a while. So that's that's why she, her seeing the baby toys, uh, is probably very gut wrenching for her. Yeah, she's gonna have a baby with Kevin. Another one. That's still, Jill is Kevin's, but. Yeah. yeah, but Kevin Kevin is off like a. Like I guess. A... Oh wait, I'm sorry. I'm sure. Yeah. I guess that would be a way for the real Patty to prove it. If 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 Patty said, "Oh, he had a baby. I got deported, or you know, something, a fetus in the womb, something," that would be a good one. Maybe that's maybe that's what she was referring to when she said that. Hmm. Or was it something in general she was thinking of? But maybe she's thinking about that directly. Well, that could be. That's definitely a secret that she kept from Kevin. Yes, you're right. Anyway, though. Huh. It's interesting. All right, so we're finally back to where we started talking when we started the podcast. In Virgil, uh, I, I, but before he gets there, when he yeah. drives off, I, I do love the idea. I hope I know time fluidity has been a thing about this season, right? I hope I just uh, if you could see this point of view from the Murphy side, like I hope the next episode, the one after, right? We see John from that fire department. At yeah. some point, the palm comes back. You know, oh. It's Kevin. So he's, you know, he's angry and he's just about to get Kevin. He's at his house, right? Maybe he gets a call on the phone. He steps out of his porch and he just sees Kevin parkouring down from his balcony, sprinting <laughs> to his car and driving a screech as he drives around the corner. Like, uh. Yeah. I, I, basically, I just would love to see Kevin, however quick he got down to his car, because, uh, a sight to behold. Yeah. Anyway. That, that would be interesting. Would be interesting. Let's see if we see it next week. I don't think we. Oh, I, 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 I didn't notice anything at the Murphys. He could be inside a window or something. But curious. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool to see. Mm-hmm. But we're back to Virgil. <laughs> yeah. So we're back to where we started. Um, at least where we, as a podcast, started, not where the episode started. Yeah. But yeah. that makes this. Huh? How would I feel about this if they took the ending bit and started off with it? Oh, I have I have seen shows that do that. Yeah, yeah. So some shows do that, but it, and it would be interesting. But I, I think you. This would, is definitely better. Yeah, this is better in this case. I, I I want that shock value at the end. You know, you know I don't want 
any explanation in the backstory uh knowing what comes at the end yeah certainly but we are virgils yeah and and i we we talked about this a lot already but one thing we didn't talk about was the fact that patty's in there this time patty's in there and this is where kevin finally gets patty on the back foot and kevin kevin just this is back to old kevin here he's just so calm and collected yes and he's he's playing patty now like a fiddle just yeah because she tries to stop him from drinking the poison and that he confronts her do you want me to do this and she kind of hesitates but then she very emphatically says i absolutely want you to do it and then, that, yeah, he refers back to his father. Yeah, he's, he finally got rid of the voices by doing what they told him to do. And he he says, goodbye, Patty. Picks it up to drink it. And she says, and she just screams at him to stop. But it's too late. And he drinks it, collapses, frothing at the mouth, presumably dead. Virgil empties the needle onto the floor shoots himself in the head and Michael comes in and oh not again yeah <laughs> and he kind of winces and drags Kevin out now we should say that when Kevin got there Michael was in the trailer mm-hmm. with Virgil and when he opened the door Michael seemed very upset like on the brink of tears okay so my my theory here is that Michael knew what Virgil was going to do ah huh. Okay, that's oh yeah. Okay, Virgil's the con man. He knows what's gonna happen. Trust me, trust me. I've tried. I've done this a thousand times. Finally, though, this is gonna work. Uh, He's gonna come back. I'm finally gonna pull it off. Like, no, Virgil, don't. And like, that's why it always comes to Virgil to pray with him to try to get him not to do it. Virgil's he's pulled off the heist of his lifetime, and but when he comes in, there's no shock. That his grandfather's brains are against the wall. Yeah, no, he just—he literally just goes, "Ah, not again." <laughs> That's what it looks like. Obviously, I, I don't think he shot himself in the head multiple times, but he just—yeah—he's—he's he's, he's prepared for it. It looks like or he's right. either so, not either not his first rodeo or he was prepared. Right. My and my guess is that they had this conversation before Kevin got there about how this was going to go down, and so. Michael, that's why Michael looked so upset then because he was had been prepped for what was about to happen. So I guess this might still be all part of his plan, but I wonder what Virgil's plan is. Oh, if, yeah. if Virgil is a spiritual guy, which listen, it's looking out like he might be, though I still like the idea of him being just this crazy guy, yeah, total con, needlessly, man. just a con man, but without even a real purpose, he's just straight oh. crazy. Yep, <laughs> I. He's not trying to rob you. He's trying to take your soul. Like, I don't know what, but I, I'm thinking he actually is a holy person. Or I should say holy. That's that's wrong. He's not. He prays, but I won't. He's he's got the special power. Whatever Holy Wayne had, whatever Isaac might have. You know, yeah, Virgil's got it. There are definitely people within this universe that seem to actually have some kind of power. Yeah. But. I wonder if maybe. Two percent of the population disappeared. The other two percent got powers. Oh, interesting. That's my crackpot theory. Right. Any other crackpot theories about what we might see next week? 
Uh, I'll be shocked if Kevin stays dead. Okay. I'll be shocked. So, I think he will be walking again. <laughs> or at least conscious and alive. Okay, and you think that that's, like, the first thing we're going to see next week? No. Maybe not the, not the first thing. They might hold out on us, but I think at some point next episode, we will see Kevin walking around. If he if he's out of action for more than an episode, uh-huh. I'll be dumbfounded. If, if if next episode is that insurance dispute, it's funeral, I'm gonna start sweating a bit here. Yeah. But, what are you hoping to see? What what's like best case scenario for you? I don't know. I don't know what best case is. Really. You want him to be alive or dead? I want him alive. I like okay. Kevin. Not yet. Now it's not his time. Okay. I'm okay with him dying. Not yet though. Okay. Gotcha. He's got more things to do. He's got a daughter to take care of. He's a father, you know. <laughs> he has mentioned that once or twice. Oh, okay, good. I just want to make sure. He can't just die yet. Awesome. People need him. <laughs> I'm I'm waiting for that Lori Jill mess. Tommy I'm excited for. Mm-hmm. Whatever that is. Wonder where Nora is. I, I sense she's <sighs> My question of where Nora is. I wonder if they'll ever tell us where she's hiding out. Maybe she got a hotel and in. But she, if she abided by Matt's request to keep Mary a miracle, she's got to yeah. be a miracle somewhere. And that's what Kevin thinks, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you can't get too far with Mary. And, yeah. I don't know. Maybe she went to, like, where Matt was staying before because she knows Matt's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. Though I felt like Kevin would have thought of that. Yeah, I mean, he, he might have, but, I mean, he... He was. He had a busy day. He did have a busy day. It was a bad day. I might have called it. Yeah, yeah. Rough one. <laughs> Rough was, uh, this is definitely a great episode. Oh. Ten out of ten. Yeah, it's such a great episode. I, I, Not my least favorite, but my favorite. Good. I, I'm very glad. Very glad to hear that. Do you think? You think the next episode? Do you, you you have any bold predictions? Uh, Are you pretty well on Lost in terms of next episode? Do I have any bold predictions? About the leftovers next episode, uh, uh, my opinion on the next leftovers episode. Oh, it, it's it's going to be another one where you're. It's either going to be your favorite or your. Least oh my goodness! There's there's not going to be any in between on that episode. It is called International Assassin. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just, this is what popped into my head is like Virgil's an international assassin. <laughs> And he's in cover, deep I mean, in cover. This and, time. And, you know, when this happened live, I knew that the title of the next episode was International Assassin. I was like, what the hell is that supposed to mean? Really, what does that have to do with anything we've seen? We haven't seen anything international. I guess we've had mentions of Australia, and that's about it. They, they knew this. They knew this guy, Kevin, he was going to be corrupt. They had, when, when Virgil got, uh, when Virgil, the real Virgil got shot, he died. But they implanted this fake Virgil, and he's been he's been deep in cover. And finally, yeah. he's got his target out of the way. And that a... that little scene of him shooting himself, it was the fake blood pack behind yeah. him. And now, time to relocate wherever they need him next. Operative. <laughs> the series, the series is about Virgil secretly. <laughs> he, you know, those two percent that went away. Yeah. Was was wasn't just random disappearance. Virgil's just that good. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's a pretty good assassin. He's able to make 2% of the population at once. Oof. I don't know. What a guy. What a guy, Virgil. Oh, ah, I, I like Virgil. Virgil. 
I, I love them. I, I like them. I, I, I don't feel like we're going to see a whole lot of Virgil, though. So. Well, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to say anything else about the next episode because, it, I mean, really, you, you, it's a must watch. I guess that. No in between. Maybe this is finally the episode. I've joked about it before with you. Of Maybe I just pretend I watched the episode and then see if I can just, you know, feel it out throughout the episode. Maybe this is finally the episode where I do that. I would recommend that you don't pick this episode to do that. No, no, but... I mean, I do it eventually. So. I wouldn't if I were you. Like, are you? Let me get past the assertion that I have to get it. I have to do it eventually. Like, do you? Do you really have to do it eventually? No, you don't. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, anything else, Mister Sal? Well, I, I'm I'm all set with this episode. I just I I can't express enough how much I love this episode. This is a great episode. Real edge of my seat. Good. I didn't use the rest of it the whole time. <laughs> so great. Fantastic. Well, we'll look forward to seeing what happens next in International Assassin. In the meantime, if you want to email us, showhopperspodcast at gmail.com. Give us those five-star ratings and spread the word about how wonderful this podcast is.